Hey, guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello and welcome to the Making Zombie podcast, a podcast about zombies. I'm a zombie. I'm joined by my co-host who's also a zombie and today we're going to bring you the latest in zombie action. Zombie, zombie, zombie. Rawr. That's the son of a zombie? That's the son of a zombie. I've just yeah. got the wrong fucking show. God damn it. Welcome oh. to Making Kayfabe. This is a podcast where two writers, not zombies, take a look uh-huh. at wrestling's biggest missed opportunities and try to rebook them in a way that makes sense. This week we're covering what is quite a highly requested topic from our listeners, which is rebooking the famous or infamous A Season 8 faction from TNA. I'm going to talk all about their background and tell you what TNA could have done differently to make their story all the more interesting. Anyway, I'm Bryce, I've got my friend Dylan here, and since we're talking about Dylan, how about we find just out how he's doing today? So Dylan, how the hell are you doing today? I'm not too bad, man. Uh, I just want to say, so just want to clarify something real quick. Mm. So, so you're not a zombie. No. And I'm, or at least you think I'm not a zombie as well. No. Yes, that's okay. Yes. Just clear, just clear in the air. Just making sure. sure. Uh, cool. Anyway, I'm good. I'm great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Relatively speaking. <laughs> how are you? How are you? Who's def- you're the definitely a zombie. How are you? You must be pretty I'm, good yeah, now that you're not I've, a zombie. Yeah, I've, I've not had a craving for brains all day, man. So I'm feeling oh, great. You mm. lucky bastard. I've been all day. Hank. I mean, don't. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, that was you pre-zombie, if anything. So, oh, yeah, you know, dude. It's, they're just delicious. Like, yeah. I mean, it's the way you cook and, nutri- and nutritious. Like, mm. People don't understand how nutritious brains are. They are really nutritious. Really good, yeah. Full of I mean, knowledge. Yeah. They're, just, they're just healthy for you, you know? I'm, I don't, I don't want to advocate people eating brains here, but I'm just saying, okay, give it a try. You yeah. never know. You don't never knock know. it until you've tried it. Exactly. That's if we if, if we here making K-Fabe can impart any part, any little wisdom on your your lives at all, please make it this definitely make it this one where we tell you to go out and try the taste of human brains. Yeah. You might like it. Yeah. That's all we're saying. Let us know what you think of it. <laughs> make sure you tweet us at making K-Fabe with your results. <laughs> uh, don't don't. don't. Uh, we're, we're getting in trouble here. Let's not. Let's get a disclaimer. Don't, 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 like, do don't that. Please, yeah, disclaimer. Don't. <laughs> please, the making cafe boys do not advocate people eating other people's brains. Definitely wink, not. Wink. Definitely not. <laughs> of course we don't. We yeah. don't. <laughs> don't do it. Okay. We're what the fuck are we doing? This is our. <laughs> this is, <laughs> Oops. This is our first ever rebooking of something from TNA. Like, how, how familiar with TNA are you? Uh, like dribs and drabs, man. I, I paid attention to it for a while. I, I don't really like, um, what do you call him, Jeff Jarrett. So mm. the early days of TNA, Nobody I didn't does. like it. No, well, somebody does. And I'm not a big fan. So I, I didn't really pay attention whenever he was like dominating the heavyweight championship. It was so funny because like on one channel, it's Triple H is heavyweight champion forever. And then the other company is Jeff Jarrett is champion forever. And you're like, this yeah. sucks. I don't want any of them to be the champion. Yeah. Um, but there was a while I started paying attention when Bobby Roode was getting really big and stuff. Mm. And I uh, watched 2006, for a while. 2007? I think so. It was when um, Challenge were putting Impact on, on TV. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I, I would watch it because I'm like, it's on TV. You know, this I may as well watch it. It's right there. Mm. So um, I would, I would, I watched it pretty much up until uh, they stopped doing that, which I don't remember when that was, but it had started to get not so good by that point. Did you, did you watch much of the A season 8 stuff? I did. I gotta say, I was impressed with that for the most part. I did like it. 
the problem with it was it had a little bit of the NWO syndrome where they didn't know oh, what the end was. Yeah. You know and, I mean? and also, like um, as as we'll see, too many members, um, which was an NWO problem as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I can see why that would come out of the mind of like Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. But again, like it worked. You know, it was an interesting angle that, that did seem to work for a bit in TNA. And they were using no, the right... It worked, and then it worked, and then they're doing the exact same thing. That's the problem. Well, that's it. Uh, it worked, yeah. and they were using the right people, and you're like, all right, this is okay. And then at some point, it went on too long, and they weren't using the right people, and the storylines didn't make any sense anymore. And you're like, all right, you, you went on a couple of months too long. They should have had a better, clearer image of how to end it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a... Kind of, you, you'll see in the catch-up, but it kind of... Uh, it was a shambles when it fell apart and then just ended because I had to kind of thing because so many things are going wrong. But, um, but yeah, so hey, we are booking aces and eights today. And um, like I say, we're going to take you into a bit of history about the faction as well as the, the kind of rebooking itself. But first, the KFAB community have been quite vocal about eighties and eights. They really are a polarizing faction and everyone's got something to say about them. So let's read out some of their comments right now. Well, who we got? We got the all-star Chris Johnson at VS The Janitor. He says, this is a good one. For me, the whole angle was made worth it when Bully Ray unmasks Devon and the crowd start chanting, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> your own brother, mate. Awkward, you know. Like. Yeah, he's like, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. Connor from Wrestling With Fiction Podcast at Connor The Cooper says... I don't know what to think. It started out with a lot of intrigue, but aside from Bully Ray becoming world champion, a few of the faction lacked members that felt distinct from one another. The group had over 60 members, and I can really only remember six. It had what? so much potential. Yeah. Whoa, 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 Here's Billy, he works in accounting, you know, he's part of the group. It's like your fucking retribution storyline, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a member of retribution. Everybody's a member. Um, we're, we're, gonna, we're actually going to touch on something like that later, um, trust me, because there, there there were so many members in Aces and Eights who were just kind of pointless reveals, so to speak. So, yeah. Um, I, actually, um, our next one, Cecil Martin, uh, at M-A-O-C Dong, uh, he, he, he says something similar. He says, Aces and Eights was actually a great idea as it brought Bully Ray up to the main event level. The problem was that instead of having Bully... Devon and maybe one other well-known name, they loaded it with known talent instead of new guys. If you add in a couple less known guys, or even just some newer talent that is actually exciting, and use it to build them up as well, then you have a whole host of new exciting players for at least the next couple of years. So, yeah, much like Connor's point from earlier, the group just got too busy um, with the 60 members, you know. Seems to be um, the kind of popular opinion, I suppose, about just having too many damn members in the faction, you know? 60 is too many. <laughs> 60 is too many. It's silly. Even the, the even 16 is too many. Like that that is Yeah, like, 16 is yeah, but I, there was more NWO had more than 16, right? Well, definitely at some point, but when it was getting oversaturated and just uh, no one knew what the fuck was going on, right? Yeah, uh, but it had the classic members, Virgil. <laughs> I, I was like, well, thinking Virgil, yeah, like fucking yeah, British the Barber, yeah. <laughs> Oh, what was he called though? He was like the disciple or the Zodiac or something. Zodiac, and he's like, yes, that him? no, yes, no, yeah. God, what a shitty person. Anyway, 
<laughs> I don't know why I called him a shitty per like shitty gimmicks. Yeah, I don't know why. I've never met him. I'm sure he's a that lovely guy. Man. Sucks. Yeah. Fuck that guy and everything he's done in his life. Anyway, maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know much about what's his name. So you know, uh, what's his name? <laughs> We've already forgotten his name. <laughs> He's really, uh, really good. He's really good. Moving on from what's his name. Um, so thank you, thank you. I tell, tell you whose I tell you whose whose names we do know, and that's the, everyone else who left a comment on our Twitter and Instagram pages. That's Thomas Bada. It's the Sweet Chimwag Podcast. It's Dan, the Ginger Noob, Flash Jimenez, William Marcel, Chris Bellis, Danny, and Dean Andrews. Thank you to you guys for sharing your thoughts too. Um, you know we can't. Unfortunately, I can't fit in every single comment in the episode. We'll just be here for hours. Um, but yeah, appreciate you giving your thoughts and aces and eights. You guys rock. If you want a shout out on the show, just check out our social media when we announce episodes. Usually on Wednesdays at Making Kayfabe on Twitter and Instagram. What if we did a whole episode where we did have time to read out everybody's comments and we're just and reading that, comments of it? That's that the whole show. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just get just get the key favorite to do our work for us. Yeah, yeah. No, but we're reading them out. I mean, that's that's pretty mm. hard. You know, that is true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's harder than it looks. Yeah, harder yeah. We make it look easy. Yeah, we do. We do. Speaking of easy, um, this is this isn't a segue at all. But um, how about <laughs> go, we go, with, go with it? You can do it. You can do it. Speaking of easy, you know what would be really easy right now, and and that is if I um read out what I've got written down for the catch up in Aces and Eights. Because writing it was so easy for you, because but you're a pro. Yeah. yeah, but writing yes. it was easy. Yes, so I think we got there. I think we did it. Yeah, we got there. We nailed it. We nailed oh, it. Yeah. No one's going to know us. It's fine. Um, let's go into our catch up in aces and eights. So here it is, a catch-up on what went down with Aces and Eights. By the way, first fact, um, they're named after the dead man's hand in poker. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Don't know what that means, I don't play poker, but there you go. Some of you might know what that is, so there you go. If you're completely new and out of the loop with all things TNA, then the best way I can describe Aces and Eights is like the NWO with motorcycles. Obviously, we all know who the NWO are. Uh, and we all know what motorcycles are. Oh, you, you did it too! <laughs> <laughs> motorcycles are a two-wheeled motor vehicle invented in 1895. So there you go. So, yeah, knowledge. We're anyway. still on track. I like how we both were like, we're going to do yeah. the motorcycle bit. I'm like, there you go. That's how you know we're a good quality podcast that, that's, right that's, here. That's chemistry right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Aces and Eights. So they started on a June 14th, 2012 episode of Impact. And on the show, you've got Sting in the ring who's talking about his induction to the TNA Hall of Fame when Irma Gerd is attacked from behind by three masked men. And they lay Sting out and that's the end of the show. So that's that's that, that's the first time we see Aces and Eights. We don't know they're called Aces and Eights yet. That's just the first time we see a glimpse of them. By the way, other than Sting, there are eight more inductees in the TNA Hall of Fame. And Dylan, I've got a question for you. How many can you name in 30 seconds? Three, two, one, go. Okay, so you got Sting, you got Kurt Angle, you got yep. Bubba Ray and D-Bomb, the yep. Dudley Boys. Yep. You got a different Sting. You got Gail Kim. <laughs> You've got, um, did I say Kurt Angle? Did I say a different sting? Yes. Oh. <laughs> you did say a different sting, yes. Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> yep. Abyss. Yeah, wow, you're doing really good. You've got 10 seconds, two more. Oh, Garrett Bischoff. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Jim Storm, Jim Storm. <laughs> Dis- Bobby disqualified, Ray. disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, dude, you got one. You got you got most of them. Uh, you missed two out. Uh, you missed out Ken Shamrock. Uh, oh so yeah, that makes sense. The, um, the the first champion, and he's back there these days, I think. And uh, weirdly, get this, Errol Hebner. <laughs> oh, that's I don't like that. Mm, there you go. Oh, I feel dirty now. Why didn't they put the other sting in? Is that what he said? Why did it was upper sting? Yeah. Joker, Joker's Joker's sting was fun. Joker's thing was fun. I like Joker's yeah. sting. Sting's one guy. That's the problem. Or not in WCW. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a whole other kettle of fish. But that's what Bryce is going to be doing next week. He's going to be doing the other sting from WCW. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Talk, talking about aces and eights. Oh, talking I did it. So I, I got, what, eight out of ten? What are they? Uh, you, you got um, six out of eight. So six, yeah. Well, like, that's close enough to eight out of yeah, ten or whatever I said. It's pretty much the same, right? Yeah. Um, Anyway, so after after the attack, a Twitter account at the Aces and Eights, uh, the number Eights, uh, opens up. Um, hilariously, they couldn't get the um, the handle at Aces and Eights because that handle was taken by some dude who has one tweet from 2009 about his Xbox being broken. That, that's why they couldn't have it. But anyway, this Twitter account would start sending cryptic tweets about Sting and Hulk Hogan. And uh, yeah, this is uh, Hogan era TNA, by the way, so fucking strap in. On the July 5th edition of Impact, Hulk Hogan gets handed a note by some random dude saying, see you next week, which is very scary. Next week, they ambush Hulk Hogan in his office and attack Sting from behind again in greater numbers. So now that Hogan and Sting are taken care of, they just start attacking anybody on the roster. Faces, heels, even Samuel Shaw. The best one. Best one. Mm-hmm. And this is where the, the whole, you know, ooh, who's the leader rumour starts? Because it's a group and they're all wearing masks, so nobody knows who is who. The first rumoured leader was James Storm, which was figured out after the Twitter account Twitter account subtly tweeted, a storm is coming, and then a picture of a cowboy hat. <laughs> Jesus Christ, why didn't they just tweet out, like, James Storm's in the group? <laughs> exactly, literally. Tune in on Wednesday, you know. <laughs> What does it mean? Uh, but <laughs> it turns out he wasn't the leader, though. I so, love the uh, idea of them being like, which cowboy wrestler that works for TNA <laughs> might be involved with Aces and Eights? You have no possible idea, but this guy likes to drink a beer, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it could be anybody. Who knows? Tune into TNA. It's going to be one hell of a ride, Jim Storm, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty pleasing. Did he just tweet a picture of his fucking face? <laughs> <laughs> who could it be who's, who's this guy yeah yeah who is this guy? he's like fucking the tag team champion or something but yeah who's this guy i'd love it if the fucking tna twitter just broke down like who are these people what's this, <laughs> what's this guy's name what's this dude with the fucking white and black face paint who the fuck is this guy what is this belt for <laughs> you don't call it a belt pal who is this man calling me pal <laughs> so it was uh, it's very obvious it's James Storm, but he wasn't the leader. So Aces Nate they beat him down as well. So Aces and Aces, they just kept causing mayhem for months and months, beating down members of the TNA roster, and they've still not been unmasked, so nobody knows who everyone is. At the end of September, Hulk Hogan places TNA on lockdown. Oh, everybody uh, loves that, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they had no idea it would cause such shudders eight years later, but they, they brought in police officers to ensure no, to ensure everyone's safety from Aces and Ace. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, on the same episode, Aces and Ace abduct Hogan and Sting, throwing him into the back of a what? van. So, you know, lift e- him. Excellent job from our boys in blue. Yeah, um, they just grab him, <laughs> like one of those little like claw machines. 
And they just picks up Hogan and like drops him into the van. And the security guys are like, oh, the, now that we can, we're on the grind. We're not in the air with a claw machine. Sorry. Now, this, now that we can do about it. Oh, I'm just picking a wrestler vendor machine, vending machine now. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. They, um, they take Hogan to the Aces and Eights clubhouse where the leader of Aces and Eights, with his back turned to Hogan and Sting, challenges him to a two-on-two match, um, aka a tag team match, which ends, <laughs> up in, <laughs> which ends up in two members of Aces and Eights versus Sting and Bully Ray. If Aces and Eights win, they get full access to the Impact Zone, and what do you know? Aces and Eights win. So after the match, Hogan comes down to the ring and there's a big brawl with Hogan, Sting and Bully Ray eventually getting the better of Aces and Eights. And even better, they managed to unmask one of their guys and it turns out to be brother Devon, a.k.a. Devon Dudley. You know, his brother Bully Ray looks on from the corner of the ring after the brawl, absolutely shocked. As um, Chris mentioned earlier, the fans are chanting, this is awkward. Um, so, you know, hell of a moment. But well, it, was, it was awkward because, remember, they're not really brothers? Yeah. Remember oh, the yeah. Spike Dudley episode? Of course, yeah, that's right. They're not real brothers. So it was uh, really awkward to like, oh, you again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we, just, we just talked about you like six episodes ago. Yeah, exactly. So Aces and Eights now have complete access to the Impact Zone. And they've got one man to thank for sticking it to that old bastard Hulk Hogan. And that's Devon. And they toast him for his efforts. And Devon cuts a promo saying that Aces and Eights have had his back since day one. Not quite sure it's really day one, Devon, but okay. He shoots some Bubba, crucifying him for putting Devon's son through a table on a recent episode of Impact. Hey, and it's, like, it had to be done. Right? A legitimate, dude, a legitimate gripe, if you ask no, me. No, 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 You know, that kid was mouthing off. He fully <laughs> right did what he had to do, all right? Dude, it's the only way kids learn. You gotta, if a kid's mouthing off, put him through a fucking table, right? I mean, it's the Dudley way. But like Devon, Devon can't at all be surprised if Bubba Ray put somebody through it. Like, what? You put yeah. somebody through a table? Out of all <laughs> the people, yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe it from you, Bubba Ray Dudley. <laughs> of all people, yeah. <laughs> well, it's called me by surprise, you know? Uh, I don't know, man. If you put my son through a table, I'd be pretty pissed at you. I am man. totally going to put your son through a table. Yeah. That is a promise, right? Podcast people, ho- yeah. hold me to this promise. If Bryce <laughs> ever has a child, I'm putting that kid through a table. Yeah, and I'll be very pissed off at you. So you know but, that, that's how it works. Yeah, right. and then then we'll all forget about it. That would probably lead to me starting a faction called Aces and Eights, and then yeah. just running roughshod on 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 you, basically. Yeah, yeah your your kids gonna be pretty pissed, but I'm like, whatever. I put you through yeah. a table, I broke yeah. your back. Anyway, <laughs> I'm bigger than you, kid. But yeah, <laughs> fucking barely. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Your kid's gonna be like seven foot tall. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Devon only gets a chance to shoot at Bubba though because he gets interrupted by bona fide legends of the wrestling business, which is Sting, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Garrett Bischoff. Wait, 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 you think, you think AJ Styles is a legend? <laughs> He's got nothing on Garrett Bischoff, dude. <laughs> ah, you see, I told you. <laughs> Sting cuts a promo on Aces and Eights uh, based on the stipulation that they now have free reign and then he leads the TNA roster to the ring to brawl with Aces and Eights. So 
Devon Dudley versus Sting is scheduled for later that night. In a backstage segment, Bully Ray wonders out loud why Devon did what he did. Um, dude, you, you put his fucking kid through a table. Is it your memory or your ears aren't working? Because, you know, that that's a, a, a legitimate gripe, as we said. So I love the idea of him just walking around backstage like verbal just like we were walking around with a cup of coffee like i wonder why my brother was in the bad group i just can't figure it out you know like he's, he's still he's, picking like he's still picking like shards of the table out of his shirt and stuff like yeah, well, yeah he, be? i can't figure it out you he's patting the sun on the head <laughs> um Anyway, Devon versus Sting happens and Sting wins via DQ after races and eights attack him during the match. And to end that episode of Impact, Bully Ray comes down swinging a baseball bat, chasing away aces and eights, and that's that. And remember this particular part of the story because we're going to come back to that. There's a reason I put the most detail into that part. Um, but of course, we'd be here for hours if we went through the full history of aces and eights because quite a fucking lot happened here. But... I'll quickly jump through a brief history of where Aces and Eights went after this. So, um, But first of all, it's time to play a game of Was this person in Aces and Eights? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was this person in Aces and Eights? I can't think of a good theme tune. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick something jazzy on in the background. Don't oh, worry. cool. So don't uh, have me singing at all. Please do not keep that in. I will definitely cut that part out. Good. And don't don't joke about this either. Don't make this a bit for the show where you don't no. cut it out. Definitely no, cut no. it out. <laughs> Would I do that to you? No, you wouldn't. You're a very trustworthy person. Very so trustworthy. Therefore, I believe so. you when you say you're going to cut it out. Anyway, now that Dylan's uh, had a little sing-along. Uh, so, Dylan, I've got five names, and I'm going to need you to guess on whether these names were in Aces and Eights. Okay. So, here comes the first one. Taz. Yes. Okay. Here comes the second one. <laughs> here it comes. Dilo- D'Lo Brown. Yes. I remember D'Lo Brown was definitely in that. Here comes the third one. Okay. Leva Bates. Oh, that's a curveball. Oh, well, I mean, there was 60 members. (laughs) She's got to be one of them. Leva Bates. Oh, man. Was she? I'm going to say... But she's such a random one to bring up if she was. I'm going to say, yeah, she was. Okay. Uh, Tito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz? Why on earth would he be in it? But again, that's so specific. I'm going to say yes. And the final one is Luke Gallows. Oh, he was in it, yeah. Are they all? They're all in it. <laughs> they're all in it, yeah. <laughs> you got five for five, yeah. Yes! Vindication. <laughs> yep. Taz, Dula Brown, Leva Bates, Tito Ortiz, and Luke Gallows. So there you go. Fuck's Tito Ortiz being there for? Like, Jesus. He was there for like three weeks. Um, they were planning to do this kind of worked MMA fight, I'm pretty sure, against, I think it was Rampage Jackson, if that's his name. Um, but they both left the company after like three weeks, as I said, so it didn't happen. But yeah, that, well, that's, that's terrible. And Leva Bates, believe it or not, was the, the reason that uh, Hogan and Sting got um, abducted by Ace's Nace. Um, she was distracting them. So there you go. And that's all she did. Yeah, literally. That was it. I never saw her again. Uh, so, damn it. <laughs> she was a one-time member. Why does uh, nobody use this girl? Yeah. Well, she's on AEW. She's, she's on their YouTube show. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Like, I think she's actually got a job there. I think she's actually got a full time job there as like a. But that, media that, that's like that's like saying the WWE. Why aren't you guys using Eric Young? You're like he's on main event. You're like, yeah. ah, bop, <laughs> bop, 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 fuck that. That doesn't count. <laughs> that's true. That is true. She deserves better. I so she's very good. Um, 
But for for so for the rest of the catch up in eight season eights, um, so more members start getting revealed, like Luke Gallows, Mister Anderson, Mike Knox. They start using their official weapon, the the ball peen hammer, to destroy people left, right, and center. <laughs> and they start uh, using their official weapon, a machine gun, and it's just <laughs> ruined everybody. Really Nobody's in their way. Really effective, yeah. Why don't people just use? Why that don't one? people use a machine gun? Exactly, like, it's mental. Why use a fucking hammer? But by the way, a really good point is made by the um, it's a, a a channel called Wrestling with Regret that I watch every now and then. Aces and Aces used their hammer like a real hammer and not like Triple H, you know, like putting his fucking hand over the, the sledgehammer and jabbing it rather than yeah. swinging it, you know? So, you know, like a hammer. So, yeah, they actually used it like a hammer. It's fucking, some of the clips I watched were brutal. Um, you know, it's actual, like, looks like legit brutal. So, anyway, um, Billy Ray starts getting into, sorry, Billy Ray gets into a serious relationship with Brooke Hogan, um, failed serious. pop singer and daughter of Hulk Hogan, uh, to Field. the disgust. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> name, name me your favourite Brooke Hogan song. My favourite Brooke Hogan song is... Uh, I, it's just I, your typing I, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite Brooke Hogan song Even Google is, doesn't know. <laughs> my favourite Brooke Hogan song is I Love My Daddy, Hulk Hogan. Oh, and it has four thousand streams on Spotify, so wow. that's like more than my band has. How does that go? Uh, I you gotta Google it and find out for yourself. I don't <laughs> want to spoil the surprise. You're gonna love that song, actually. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, there's a little sneaky fun bit at the end that I think you're gonna really enjoy. Yeah. I don't know what this means. Surprise go on to the next bit. <laughs> listening to November Rain for the first time and you get surprised when it starts up again, you know? Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. Brooke Hogan's song is exactly like November Rain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Billy Ray proposes to Brooke and she says yes. Uh, on the January 17th, 2013 edition of Impact, the wedding happens live and we all know wrestling weddings always go well. So I guess there's nothing else to talk about here. Let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, actually, um, Taz reveals himself to be a member of Aces and Eights. Uh, Aces and Eights come to the ring and beat the whole wedding up. Taz was the Impact commentator at the time, so, you know, I like that. Um, yeah, I like that too. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, having a pure commentator there to big up the evil faction makes sense. Um, I, yeah, I like it, so. it's a, but it, it does make sense. It's a really cool angle, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Soon, Wes Briscoe and Garrett Bischoff, there he is again. Hall of Famer. Garrett Hall of Famer, fucking wrestling legend, Garrett Bischoff. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle becomes a victim of Aces and Eights and, uh, because he discovers the identity of an Aces and Eights, quote, vice president, unquote. Which vice was president? Yeah. Which was D'Lo Brown, who kicks Kurt in the dick. And they're making KFA favourite. <laughs> I'll show you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> In March 2013, at lockdown, uh, the pay-per-view this time. Oh you've got, no, they really love that word. Yeah, they, they've got big babyface Bully Ray, uh, Hulk Hogan's son-in-law, going up against Jeff Hardy for the Impact World Title. Aces and Eights get involved in the match because wrestling cages never truly keep anyone out, and no. it looks like Bully and Jeff are going to team up to fight Aces and Eights. But oh no, Bully Ray turns on Jeff, attacking him from behind with a ball peen hammer. Bully pins Jeff, wins the Impact World title and reveals himself as the president of Aces and Eights. And this is after him feuding with Aces and Eights for months. Um, you know, being one of the main aggressors towards Aces and Eights, leading the fight against them all this time. 
don't get me wrong, I dig the Bully Ray character, but this made no fucking sense to me. <laughs> Bully, he, he explains getting his ass kicked consistently by aces and eights by saying, I took a couple of good shots for the team, but, yeah. you know, it was all part of the plan. Like, and he used Hulk and Brute Hogan to get himself a shot of the TNA title. Like, I'm aggressively shrugging my shoulders right now, by the way. Um, it, it was a cool reveal, but, you know, yeah. it's... It was, nice for, yeah, it, was, it was nice for TNA to pay off a long storyline with a genuine swerve, but I don't know, man. It didn't make any sense to me. You don't think it's a, a great idea for one guy to be like, all right, here, get other wrestlers in this group. I have a really good idea for how we can take down this company, all right? But I don't want them to suspect it's me. So you guys do most of the work, and I'll make it look like I'm fighting you, all right? Mm. So you guys hit me in the head with a hammer a bunch of times, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just knock me... <laughs> For the for the angle, just hit me on the head with a hammer, and just then a couple no, of times. Yeah. Nobody will suspect that I'm on your team because you hit me in the head with a hammer. Nobody would willingly tell you to hit me in the head with a hammer. I'd be insane, but for the gimmick, <laughs> definitely hit me in the head with a hammer. And the guys are like, "I don't. Is he insane? Do we? Is he? Does he want us to hit him? With is a he hammer? being real? Yeah. yeah like he... what the fuck? <laughs> Holy Ray, are you okay? He's like, just now that a hammer hit won't fix." Yeah, I'm sure he's had worse. He's probably had a few headshots in his time. Unfortunately, um, you know, after that, the storyline started to really break down. D'Lo Brown and Luke Gallows soon left TNA. They they tried and failed to recruit AJ Styles, but don't worry, they got the next best thing, Tito Ortiz. Um, this led to Kurt Angle and Sting reforming the main event mafia. Oh. Um, not not Tito Ortiz, by the way. Tito Ortiz didn't lead to the formation of the main event mafia. Aces and Aces did. And that had Nick Magnus there, had uh, Samoa Joe, Rampage Jackson. So uh, during the feud, um, so during the feud, Tito Ortiz and Rampage Jackson left the company after a few weeks. Kurt Angle uh, left to go to rehab for alcohol abuse, and then Bully Ray lost his TNA title to Chris Sabin, of all people, who had nothing to do with the main event mafia or Aces Nates. Then Devon left the company, Bully won the title back from Sabin, started dating Brooke, Brooke Tessemacher, uh, to spite Brooke Hogan, I guess, because they've got the same name. Brooke too was brought into the group, which led to Aces Nates becoming resentful, thinking she was poisoning Bully's mind or something. Hogan demanded that Bully Ray defend his title against a member of his own group, which turns out to be, be Mr. Anderson. Anderson. And there, we go. there we go. Keep that running gag going. Mr. Anderson and Bully Ray wrestled with the stipulation that if Bully Ray lost, Aces and Eights would have to disband. And what do you know? Bully Ray lost. Aces and Eights disband after 17 months. And that was it. And that was it. That's, that's Aces that. and Eights. That's, that's the story. Um, TLDR version of the story. So. Overall, decent angle, lots of mystery surrounding it with a big reveal and a kind of disappointing downfall. So, yeah, um, I agree. Like, I loved uh, the stuff about Bully Ray or Bubba Ray, whatever you want to call him, because Bubba Ray's always been a really good talker. Like, that yes. guy, I think he's kind of underrated because he's a real, he's a great shit talker. People, mm-hmm. do you know what's really funny? I've seen people, whenever he was doing his TNA stuff, like, he would, there was like fan footage that people would capture on their phones. Of him just calling people like horrible things, right? Mm. And they're like, "Look at Bubba Ray, isn't he like a homophobe or isn't he a racist or whatever?" And I'm like, "I can't believe that Bubba Ray is still kayfabe people." Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm like, "You idiots, you idiots!" Like, yeah. look, look how sexist he is. I'm like, "You fucking idiots!" It's a yeah. wrestling show, and he's the bad guy. What? Like, he's it just ha- so happens he's really good at it. Yeah, you know, they're like, "There's a line. He should, he should, he should be nicer." But like, you f- idiots, he's working. He was you. Good he's at working it. you. Up, up. 
there's that classic video of the ECW arena where he's like in ECW, he's like rowing up the fans, and there's people yeah. like generally coming to the ring to fucking fight him because he's like yes. rowing them up so much. Like, yeah, but Bully Ray is um, it was underappreciated. Yeah. Exactly, um, it was great to finally see him like, and he he could do it. He fucking he did a really good job of that, but. Hmm. You could tell that there was no end point because, like you said, I remember the Chris Saban bit, and that was a totally different story where he had just come back from injury. I think he had come back from two injuries, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, that was his redemption story. So they they clearly rushed that part of the story. Mm. They wanted a feel good moment for Saban, but they didn't have that wasn't the end goal. So the, and that's why his title run is so short because then it was only supposed to just be a feel good moment. There was no other plan for that. Yeah, so they put the belt back on. Uh, Bully Ray, and you're like that. Fe- I, that feels like a loss. That's a very Hulk Hogan and NWO esque kind of thing to do. Like it, that burned a lot of the momentum off it, you know. Yeah, because that wasn't the right guy to lose the belt, and they bungled it. Exactly. It's uh, it's, it's weird to see that in the record books, but that's gonna that's gonna how it went down. Um, and uh, yeah, could have been good. Um, and you know what? I'm just gonna fucking prove it. I'm gonna prove it can be good. So, um, should we jump into a little bit of fantasy booking for Aces Nates? Let's do it. So, so um, yeah, we're, we're gonna um, we're gonna take things back to Devon being revealed as the first member of Aces and Eights. So you remember from the catch up. Devon's shooting on Bully Ray, his brother, is chastising Bully Ray for attacking Devon's son, and just right away, that's one of TNA's best moves in this story, which is why it's sticking. So, the, the best villains are the ones that you can empathise with. So, it's Devon in the ring, surrounded by his buddies in aces and eights, and Devon's going to offer Bully Ray a chance at redemption. So, he says, uh, if Bully Ray joins aces and eights, then all will be forgiven. You know, just join the group. And the violence against your own nephew, it will just be forgiven. All right. And he's interrupted, not by Bully Ray, but by Sting. And I mean, only Sting, it's fucking Sting. Sting doesn't need backed up by Garrett Bischoff. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to he come a, out. He has a machine gun. He has a single machine gun. Um, <laughs> he's going to come out onto the ramp and he's going to tell Devon that Bully Ray has been given the night off because he was given the night off and he refused because he wanted to kick Devon's ass. So Bully Ray has sort of been forced to stay at home this week so he can process what happens with his brother being revealed as a member of Aces and Eights. And Sting says that Bully Ray ain't going to kick Devon's ass tonight, but he will. So it's Sting versus Devon in the main event of Impact. And so Impact rolls on. And um, but by the way, a quick sidebar. I, I always liked going back and seeing kind of what was actually on these shows that were rebooking in real life, okay. just to kind of get a sense of the landscape. Um, and this, this is a good one actually. So on this very show, you had a triple threat match between Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels. Whoa, hello! What a fucking great match that would be, right? I'd watch it. Yeah, hell yeah. So anyway, uh, main event is Sting versus Devon. In, in real life, it ended in a DQ with Aces and Eights attacking Sting. Um, however, in this story, it will end in a DQ, but it's because Bully Ray interferes to kick the living shit out of Devon. And I'm imagining that you see Bully Ray like drive into the arena, get out of his car, and just fucking march down to the ring with that pissed off expression on his face, just making yeah. like the biggest baby face. And like he'll get involved in the match, attack Devon. But won't last long because Aces and Ace are going to hit the ring to defend Devon. And before you know it, there's just a big fuck-off mass brawl between the members of the roster and Aces and Ace. 
and the show ends there. And next week, Devon's back on the mic with his buddies Aces and Ace guarding him in the ring. You know, he wasn't done last week when Sting interrupted him. You know, he has more to say about why he, quote, turned his back, unquote, on TNA, because in Devon's mind, it was justified. He says about Bully Ray, you know, my brother, I'll address you shortly. You're not the same as the men I'm about to address. And then he moves on to Sting, talking about how Sting is the icon. Devon says that he was an icon once. In fact, screw it, he still is an icon. So why should he be treated any differently from Sting? The only difference between Devon and Sting is that Devon chose to leave a dying company, whereas Sting went down with the ship like an idiot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Devon is not happy that Sting is regarded as more important than him, and he's going to elaborate on that in a second as he turns his attention to Hulk Hogan. So big Hulk Hogan, the big boss of TNA. Hulk Hogan was in charge of Devon's contract renewal talks. What did Hulk Hogan do to try and retain brother Devon? Fucking nothing. Less than nothing. Because Hulk Hogan did offer Devon a chance to re-sign, but Devon would have to take a wage cut for that to happen. So, no doubt so that Hulk Hogan can line his own pockets further and maybe give the rest this thing. Who knows? Um, well, Hogan needed a new boat. Yeah, he did need a new boat, exactly. So, uh, well, like when... Easy. These other three were getting, you know, just not, not, not. They were dirty. He yeah, can't, dirty. he can't, he can't he snort cocaine boats. off a dirty boat, Bryce. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you he can, but it's, clean that. Yeah. you can, you can, but it doesn't taste the same. Hmm. It's just, it does not like a, the, the taste of cocaine off a new boat. You know what I yeah. mean? Nothing like it. Well, you know what I mean. Of course, you know what I mean. Oh, fucking yeah. Every week, mate. Yeah. 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 Always buy new boats just for the yeah. cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> That's, that's that's me <laughs> well you make a lot of money from business as we know business price that's a uh, business price not in cocaine off boats yeah yep. new boats right. <laughs> new boats very important but by the way um that that sort of plays in real life as well not not the cocaine the, the whole yeah Hogan, that, that, well uh, Hogan having thing, four but... boats yeah <laughs> it plays in real life too because in the september 3rd 2012 wrestling observer newsletter dave Meltzer comments on team 3d's contract renewal talks Meltzer's basically speculating that bully ray would probably be resigned but devon's looking unlikely and in the September 17th, 2012, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Meltzer would basically confirm that Devon had left the company, uh, You know, speculating that Devon was one of the higher-paid guys who wasn't being used as a headliner. Apparently, uh, again in real life, because I also got this from the Wrestling Observer, uh, Hulk Hogan on Twitter was asked about Devon being let go, and he replied to the fan who asked the question and said, I'm all over it. Devon is too valuable to ever let him slip away. Huge screw up in somebody's part. And then he quickly deleted that tweet. And <laughs> yeah, I wonder, bet, wonder who screwed it up. Yeah, exactly. But you bet your ass this is going to play into the storyline. So so Devon is going to quiz Hulk Hogan about that tweet. You know, huge screw up in someone's part, huh? You know, huge screw up on your part, Hulk. You knew exactly what you were doing. You wanted me gone. And well, I guess you got your wisp. I'm gone from TNA, but I'm back with Aces and Aces. And he ends the promo by addressing Bully Ray, saying that he forgives him for his attack last week and that the offer to join Aces and Aces is still open. So there you go. Devon's pissed off at TNA and he's aggressively trying to recruit his brother to Aces and Aces. So next week, Sting is going to reply to Devon. 
And he's going to confront Devon in the ring, just the two of them. And he's going to crucially, crucially, he's going to refer to Devon as the leader of Aces and Eights. And Devon, he's going to shoot that down immediately. So Devon's going to mention that there is no leader in Aces and Eights. And he'll say, we are showing what can be achieved when a group of people with similar mindsets work together seamlessly, rather than obeying what some fat cat tells them to do. You know, kind of like how all of a sudden you've become Hogan's bitch. Ooh, he said the bitch word. That's it. He said the B word. <laughs> the bitch word. <laughs> What's the bitch word, bitch? Okay. It's the bitch, yeah. <laughs> and Sting, he's not taking that. He's no bitch. So he and Devon are going to brawl. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that is until once again Aces and Eights come out, and, and so do the roster, and it's another mass brawl. However, Big Hulk Hogan comes out and he declares at the next pay-per-view, Turning Point on November 11th, he wants someone to shut Devon up for good. So he books Sting versus Devon 2 for Turning Point and the show ends. By the way, important sidebar to keep in mind here, Bully Ray is having a hard time. You know, he's angry at his brother for joining that group of thugs, but he's angry at himself for Devon's reasoning, which was Bully losing control and powerbombing his son through a table. You know, he's conflicted. He's depressed. He doesn't quite know what to do. So, and who is there to come from him other than everybody's favourite reality TV star, Brooke Hogan? See? Might be a, maybe there's a blossoming romance there. You know, maybe there's, maybe that's going to develop in the background over the next while. Hmm? Maybe. Possibly. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Maybe it makes sense. I don't know. We'll see. And then the next week, Bubba Ray Dudley threw Brooke Hogan off his boat. Yeah, <laughs> off his new boat, yeah. The ninth annual TNA Turning Point pay-per-view rolls around, and it's Sting versus Brother Devon. And you know what? To give some credibility for this feud that we're going to be building, Devon's going to win. And of course, he's going to do it with help from Aces and Eights and the infamous ball peen hammer. But regardless, Devon defeats Sting live on pay-per-view. Possibly the biggest singles win of Devon's career. So, you know, good for Devon. Mm-hmm. And after the match, there's going to be a big beatdown on Sting. However, this time it's different because the TNA roster, fucking Garrett, Bischoff and friends, they can't that save him. And that's because to everyone's surprise, Aces and Ace, they've been recruiting. You know, They've grown in numbers. So suddenly there's enough masked Aces and Ace members that they can prevent the TNA roster from getting to the ring to save Sting. So poor Sting is just getting his ass kicked you know, nobody can get through to rescue him. Sting suffers a few more ball-peen hammer shots from fucking mecha heel Devon before Aces and Eights leave. Sting lies in the middle of the ring, bloodied, battered, as medical personnel eventually are allowed access to the ring to attend to him. Turning point rolls on, and that's the last we'll see of Aces and Eights tonight. And by the way, let me just make a very quick point here. So, you might have noticed that there's something I'm actively avoiding here that I think TNA did a bit of overkill with and clearly so did the KFAB community, but we're not going to rush the big reviews of Aces and Eights members in this booking because I'm just being honest here, it means fucking nothing when it's not a big review. I mean, I'm saying this with the greatest respect, I really am, but who's ever said, oh my God, it's Mike Knox, what an amazing surprise? Me? Be honest. You know, whenever you like uh, open your door and uh, to get your pizza, and then you get the pizza, and you're like, "Oh my god, the pizza guy's Mike Knox! What the <laughs> hell of a surprise!" You know. <laughs> but inside the wrestling ring. 
Oh, yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair, fair play, fair enough. Yeah, he's not that much of an established name. It's a problem. I'm not trying to diss on Mike Knox, but, you know, he's not an established name, but that's not the reason it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea because he doesn't really have a big role to play in a season eight, so he doesn't have much merit when it comes to the big reveals. Like, it was literally on WWE's version of ECW for a while. It's not a huge surprise, you know. And Meanwhile, Devon Dudley is a pretty big surprise because he has a name, because he has a major position in his new faction as its first unmasked members, and because all the dirt sheets were saying that he's leaving the company, you know. I just don't see the point in some of these reveals of, you know, lifetime mid-card talent. So, yeah, we're, we're going to keep everybody under a mask for now until it means something. But by that, I'm saying... Don't expect any huge surprises in this booking because there's just no need for them in a story like this. So, anyway, so next week, Viscera gets revealed as the newest member of Aces and <laughs> That's what I was going to uh, say. I'm like, <laughs> he's doing a really good job of, of pumping this up. I'm like, I, I feel like Viscera is going to be the punchline of this. Yeah, that's, that's it. He always is. He always is. But yeah. hey, it's it's a deal. Cross it off your bingo cards. That's it. That's it. You're making cafe bingo cards. That's one for Viscera. So, all right, in all seriousness, no Vistra. So, next week, Aces and Nates are going to do something big. So, they're going to change the show completely because they're going after the top dog. So, during this episode of Impact, Aces and Nates are going to take out Hulk Hogan in his locker room. And much like Sting, they're going to absolutely decimate him with the rest of the TNA roster unable to help because of the numbers of masked men blocking the door. And once Aces and Eights, ordered by Devon, of course, are finished with their intention of beating up Hulk Hogan, they just leave. So Hulk's left in a bloody and battered state and in dire need of medical attention. You, know, you could say he's had one too many ball-peen hammer shots, which, by one the way, is many. one. Yeah, yes. that's just one, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is going to allow Aces and Eights the opportunity to go on a long-term rampage of the TNA roster, very much like they did in real life, except with some actual reasoning behind it. Because Hogan's gone, Sting's gone, and Bully Ray, his attention has been taken by Brooke Hogan. So, you know, he's barely thinking about TNA right now because he's in the greatest relationship of his life. Fuck Devon and his, and his gang of crooks. They don't compare to the highs that he is experiencing in life right now. And like I say, this is going to last for a while, for a month, maybe two. Aces and Nates are just going to be the absolute scourge of TNA. You know, they'll be interfering in matches, they'll be beating people up backstage, they'll basically be doing everything they can to screw over the promotion. And they're getting away with it because there's no authority figures to keep them under control, nor are there people on the roster who contend with their kind of vast numbers of hooded men. So the next major event in this story is going to be the wedding of Bully Ray and Brooke Hogan. That's right. Brooke Hogan is going to become the first Mrs. Ray, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Ray? No, no. Mrs. I Dudley. Mean, yeah, they're still Dudleys. I mean, yeah. like the name is trademark, but that's their surname, so... Well, they're Team 3D now, so she's, she's, she's Mrs. 3D. Yeah, but they're from Dudleyville. They're Dudley boys. Mm. Like, they mm. are the Dudley boys. They just... They are? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so like, like, like that's still their name, you know? Yes. Okay, so Brooke Dudley, Brooke Ray, whatever. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we're, again, we're not straying too far from reality here. I'm keeping a keeping a few key events, and the wedding is going to be very important. So the wedding happens. One of the main talking points in the wedding is Hulk Hogan because he returns specifically for the wedding. So it's the first time that anyone's seen him since Aces, the Aces and Eights assault, and he's standing there with his walking cane to show that he still hasn't fully recovered. 
he's making his big return to support his daughter on her wedding day, you know, overshadowing her, just like he's done with everybody he's ever known and loved. And so it comes Bully Ray, dressed in his finest suit. He's got his best man, Tommy Dreamer, there. Taz, of course, brother Runt, you know, a.k.a. Spike Dudley. You know, extreme. There he is. And then out comes the blushing bride. And isn't she... No, wait, wait. Is, there, is there anybody else there from ECW? Um, Tommy Dreamer, Taz. Um, this, is that... Is nobody nobody else? Nope, nobody, no, no, nobody else. No, no, no one I can think of. Like Raven wasn't there, for example, was he? No, not Raven. No, no. Nobody associated with the uh, with Raven was there. Nobody associated with Raven. Um, nobody associated with ECW. Nobody who led a faction of um very professional people in the WWF. So no, no Blue Meanie. <laughs> no Blue Meanie. No Nova. Um, no Nova. No. Never, no. no. Um, all right. Well, that's fair enough. Anyway, yeah, anyway, so yeah, so yeah, Brooke, Brooke, Brooke Hogan comes down to the ring, walks down the aisle, you know, and uh, everything's just fine, you know. Um, and then Stevie Richards <gasps> no, wasn't no. the could, couldn't be there today, couldn't be, <laughs> had, had other plans, yeah, yeah, <laughs> wasn't asked, <laughs> wasn't asked, yeah. <laughs> um, so they do their vows, you know, they say their I do's. It's a lovely moment. It's the first ever making kayfabe wedding, I think. A tear appears underneath the, the bandana and sunglasses combination that Hulk Hogan is sporting. The crowd start to cheer. It's a truly wholesome moment. Oh my God, it's the first wrestling wedding to have ever gone well in a long time. Nah, the entrance music of Aces and Ace plays. <gasps> out comes Aces and Ace, led by brother Devon. Bully Ray's face drops, as does Hogan's. Billy Ray immediately ushers Ho- Brooke Hogan out of the ring, knowing that this can't be good. And Aces and Ace, all fucking 20 plus of them, walk down to the ring. Devon speaks in the microphone, and he sounds offended. You know, he says that, you know, at his wedding, at Devon's wedding, Bully Ray, he was the best man. Yet, how disgusting is it that despite that, Devon doesn't even get an invite to Bully Ray's wedding? You know, what's the deal with that? That's that's. Ridiculous. I can't believe I didn't get an invite to this totally real wedding yeah. <laughs> that just happened to take place on this television show, but yeah. other otherwise is totally 100% real. And you didn't invite me? And you exactly. didn't invite Stevie Richards either, and that really stuck in my craw, mister. No, no, Steve was invited. He, just, uh, oh, he did. His, yeah, he's busy. You know, he should yeah. do. You know, Steve Richards is a very busy man. He is a busy man, yeah. He is, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you guessed it. We've got a whole bunch of wrestlers inside the ring. You've got a whole bunch of wrestlers outside the ring. It's brawling time, baby. I don't know why I could, said could it, it. You could have yeah. said cl- clobbering time. It is clobbering time as well, but yeah, yeah that, that insinuates that one person's going to do the clobbering, whereas... That is true, yes. Yeah. Okay, you, yeah, sorry. So, yeah. Like, I work hard on these scripts, man. I do. Yeah, and the uh, and the baby <laughs> adds a bit of flavor to it, you know. Yeah, the baby, what well, the, the baby was improvised, you know. Yeah. That's just me. Well, I like that's it, just me that... being me, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is you. You do that a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm like, baby. Yeah. You're just you're just that cool, you know. Just just that cool. Yeah. You have to reach a certain level of cool to use the word baby after most things you say, baby. Yeah. You know? I mean, I I haven't even got there yet. No, n- not even close. No. No, it wouldn't even let me into the cool school. No, cool school. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <sighs> so Brick Hogan's in tears on the outside of the ring aces and eights they bulldoze the wrestlers in the ring that's your Hogan's that's your Dreamers your Tazzies your Spikes and your Bully Rays and the Minister 
And once again, the numbers are just too much. Aces and eights are too many. So aces and eights stand tall. They exit the ring, leaving the wedding in chaos as Brooke Hogan goes to tend to her husband and her father, poor little Spike Dudley. While Brother Devon leads his gang away, Bully Ray, he grabs the microphone and he is not happy, dude. Like his, his wedding has just been ruined by his own brother. His wedding. Yeah. And he says, yeah, he'd be pissed off. Like and he says, Devon, this has gone on long enough. You've been running roughshod all over TNA for months now, but you've only been able to do that because for the most part, I haven't been here to stop you. Quite frankly... I didn't care what you did to TNA. You could have done this for months more if you wanted, but now you made it personal, and that is going to be your downfall, Devon. You ruined our wedding, so I'm going to ruin you. At Genesis this Sunday, it's going to be me versus you, brother versus brother. And then he pauses, but he adds, he says, and you know, they say that blood is thicker than water. Well, I guess we're about to find out for sure because it's going to be a first blood match. Oh. You'll be sorry, Devon. And let me tell you, when there's blood pissing out of your head, it's not going to be forgiveness that you get. It'll be the same cold, hard disdain that I am feeling right now. So there we have it. The next TNA pay-per-view genesis on January 13th, 2013. It's going to be Bully Ray versus Brother Devon in a first blood match. I don't think there's been a first blood match in a while. Um, like the most recent one in a major federation actually was TNA. Um, July 2019, Eddie Edwards defeated Killer Cross in a first blood match. But before that, you'd have to go back to 2008, uh, One Night Stand, where John Cena defeated JBL in a first blood match. So, wow. Yeah, long, long time. Not, not a very popular match these days, but... So for, for those unaware, um, you know, it's kind of self-explanatory. The first person to make their opponent bleed wins. So that that's it. So anyway, we get to Genesis 2013 and on the show, Hulk Hogan is going to ban Aces and Ace from ringside. So it's a nice, clean, bloody fight. And so the match happens and Bully Ray is going to defeat Devon. And how that goes down is during the match, Devon is going to bring out that infamous ball peen hammer. And the plan, of course, is to use it on Bully Ray. So, of course, it's classic wrestling booking. It turns out the baby face is going to be the one to use the weapon. Ha <laughs> He smashes Devon in the head with it, draws blood and wins the match. Hooray for Bully. I mean, that'll do it. Getting hit with the, uh, on the head with a hammer. Yeah, yeah, that'll make me bleed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it'll make anyone bleed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now... In the aftermath of the match, you know, starting next week in Impact, a couple of notable things are going to happen. So, firstly, for his contributions in taking care of that thug Devon, Hulk Hogan is going to give Bully Ray the next TNA World Heavyweight title shot. And that's going to happen at the next pay-per-view, Lockdown, March 10th, 2013, against world champion Jeff Hardy at the Alamo. Hanoon. <laughs> oh, we'll be waiting at the. Did you, 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 you get that? Did you, you get the reference? I thought you were gonna say slammery. No, it's um fucking um. Did you not remember? Oh, fuck, it was um. I forgot what it was called. Road, Road Dog and Billy Gun uh, in CNA. They were called the. Oh, the Voodoo Kim Mafia. The Voodoo Kim Mafia, and they came out in an episode of Impact once. Um, kind of wearing like ponchos and sombreros um and they were calling out um paul levesque and michael hickenbottom 
Yeah, and they, they say, you know, we'll be waiting at the Alamo, you know, that kind of thing. Like, oh, we're waiting here for you to show up and fight us. Okay. Obviously, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Um, so they wanted a fight with them, basically. But, As um, if Triple H doesn't have enough shit to do. <laughs> I mean, you might be surprised, but WWE completely ignored them. Uh, wow. So, so Road Dogg and Billy Gunn, they had this this video feed going, and they're just like, oh, I guess they're not showing up. So they declared victory. <laughs> That's it. Well, yeah. <sighs> hey, I'm going to be re- rebooking them next week. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer, just, they will not be doing that next week. <laughs> no, we definitely won't be. Fucking at the Alamo. Uh, but <laughs> I'll, anyway. have to, I'll have to watch that. Oh man, it's great. It's 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 not great, but it's 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 like it's the way you watch like a B movie. You know, oh, yeah, it's like it's, uh, it's like, you know, it's, um, like it's, it's gonna be shit, but it's hilarious. You know, it's like your t-shirts are too tight, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> like that, like that kind of thing. Can they even afford to pay me? I don't even. Know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Super Brawl. <laughs> Super Saturday? That's my favorite bit. He's just like he goes Super Brawl, and then he turns and looks at the camera like like a confused dog. Yeah, what? And it kills me every time. It's a Lex Luger thing, which everybody knows this by now, right? The Lex Luger thing. Uh, if you Google, all I do to find it is Google your two T-shirts are too tight, Billy, and then <laughs> you'll you'll find the video. It's it's four minutes of wonderful, wonderful. Oh, good God bless Lex Luger. It is the greatest promo of all time. I fucking love it, man. Like, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, check check out Let's Logo first and then Road Dog. And, and then the Road Dog one, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, <sighs> and the t shirts are too tight, too, Billy. Really. Uh, <laughs> fucking brilliant. Anyway. <laughs> now that you've looked that up, um, anyway, that that's going to happen at lockdown. So, um, yeah, where, where the fuck were we? So it's going to be Billy Ray versus Jeff Hardy at lockdown. Sorry, I got sidetracked by fucking <laughs> Michael Hickenbottom and T-shirt being too tight, Billy. And yeah, <laughs> so yeah, Billy Ray, Jeff Hardy, lockdown. And, and you might see where this, is, where this is going, but hold on, we've got something to add some spice to this story. So you see, the week after the first blood match, there's going to be just no sign of Aces and Ace. You know, the same happens for two weeks, maybe three. Basically, TNA is seeming as though it's back to normality, almost. You know, Billy Ray, Jeff Hardy, they start their feud for the world title, a classic kind of um, champion versus challenger feud where kind of the two guys already have a lot of history with each other. But one week, Billy Ray is going to be in his locker room and he hears a knock in the door. And what do you know? Who else walks in but brother Devon? So Bully Ray immediately gets to his feet, obviously, and he's ready to punch Devon out. But Devon's all like, whoa, wait a minute, you know, hold on. Hey, I'm not here to fight. I'm here to talk. We've done the fighting part already. And he points to a big, ugly scar on his forehead where Bully Ray hit him with the ball-peen hammer at Genesis. TNA, sorry, Devon continues, I don't have Aces and Nates here with me. I'm alone. It's just me and you. Can I sit down? Billy Ray doesn't say a word, but he doesn't say no either. So Devon sits down with his brother in the locker room. And the gist of what's being said is that Devon is sorry for breaking up Billy Ray's wedding. It was a truly evil thing to do, and he'll never forgive himself for it. So he doesn't expect Billy to forgive him. But he does adopt a different tone, a reasoning tone, and he tries to slowly, sleekly to bring Billy Ray onto a different way of thinking. He'll try and say that their blood feud is over. You know, he'll say, 
Sometimes brothers fight. Sometimes they need to fight and settle an issue. And boy, was there a big issue to settle. You kick my ass, you deserve to. That part is over now. And he'll move casually on to talking about TNA, which is, of course, Devon's biggest hatred right now, as per what happened with him and his contract. You know, that's the bigger issue right now, he seems, he thinks, you know, and he's willing to kind of try and reason with Bully Ray. Yeah, TNA are the reason the 80s and 80s are here after all. All of their members have been screwed over by TNA in some fashion. And Devon, he doesn't think Bully Ray is any different, which is why he thinks Bully Ray belongs in 80s and 80s. So Devon's trying to convert Bully Ray again. And to do that, he's going to talk down TNA, saying, Bully, why are you so loyal to TNA? You know, what is this crazy allegiance that you have to the company where you serve its washed-up boss and marry his daughter too? I, I don't know what's stopping you re- realising. You know, TNA has been trying to drive us apart since day one. Yes, us. Team 3D. Their old management did it, and now their new management is doing it. As far as TNA, the company, goes, a leopard never changes its spots. TNA is the enemy bully, not aces and ace. But Bully, he's got a counterpoint. He says, TNA saved us, Devon. When we left that other company, who was the safety net? And Devon says, but listen, TNA, they didn't save us in good faith. They wanted to cash in on our names, on our history. Once they had squeezed everything they could out of our legendary career, what did they do? They split us up. They didn't even try to keep me on when my contract expired. TNA didn't save anybody, at least not intentionally. They did what was good for business. Yes, we've had our fights. Maybe a split up was destined at some point, but TNA were the catalyst. They're the ones who split us up in the first place, brother. I know of another federation who tried to do that exact same thing back in 2002. And what happens less than a year after they did that? We ended up back together because we're brothers. And that's what brothers do. 30 plus years as a tag team. Multiple, multiple tag team titles. And that ain't good enough for them to keep us together. Instead, they drive us apart. Are you going to let them do that to us? Don't blame Aces and Eights for changing my mind, Ray, because in my mind, it was changed a long time ago. And I'm sure if you think about it, if you really think about it, so did yours. Look at the bigger picture, Ray. That's all I'm asking. So Devon leaves the room. Bully Ray's speechless. He just stares at the ground. Maybe there is something in what Devon's saying. Uh Uh-oh. You know, we're going to see hints of that every now and then. So Devon's not seen again. Aces and Aces aren't seen again, but they don't need to be because it's looking like the seeds are planted because Bully Ray, he starts to express his doubts on TNA. He's distant with Brooke. He's missing Hulk Hogan's calls, brother. But anytime he's asked... Boat, brother? <laughs> gonna, gonna bang some lines, yeah. Um, <laughs> bang some lines. <laughs> is that what they say? <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly what they say. <laughs> That's what a sixty or seventy year old man like Hulk Hogan would say. So you nailed yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, but yeah, anytime he's asked about his current mood, he's just blaming it on being focused on the upcoming title match. You know, he's training hard. He doesn't have time to talk because he wants to beat Jeff Hardy. He wants that TNA World title. And so Brooke, she supports him, playing every part of the loving, supporting wife. She stays close to Bully despite his new focused or defocused attitude because, you know, she loves him. He's her husband. And we get to lockdown 2013. 
Aces and eights, nor Devon, have been anywhere to be seen for months now. Not since January, and we're now in March. So it's the main event where we've got Bully Ray fighting for Jeff Hardy's TNA World Heavyweight title in the main event inside a big steel cage, just like real life. And you know what? Just like real life, nearing the end of the match, there's going to be a familiar presence at ringside. It's Devon, brother Devon. You know, he's going to slyly slip a ball-peen hammer into the ring. You see, which is, isn't getting caught by the cameras or Jeff Hardy. He's then going to scale up the cage, distracting Jeff Hardy, and plenty of time for Bully Ray, fucking hell, to pick up that ball-peen hammer and de- deliver a devastating blow to Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy falls to the canvas like a ton of bricks. Bully Ray covers him. One, two, three. It's all over. Bully Ray is now the TNA heavyweight champion. He looks down at Devon, emotionless. Devon looks back, also emotionless. Jeff Hardy is receiving urgent medical attention in the ring as Brooke Hogan. She runs down at the ring. She wants to celebrate with her husband because, as it happens, she didn't see the ball-peen hammer shot. All she saw was her husband, Bully Ray, covering Jeff Hardy and winning the world title. So, as far as she's concerned, there was nothing suspicious that she's seen. So, she jumps into the ring and she hugs her husband, congratulating him, tears streaming down her face, the whole thing. But, while Brooke is hugging Bully Ray, the cage is being lifted. Devon's looking under the ring apron. Uh Uh-oh. He pulls out a table and he places the table in the middle of the ring. Everybody can see where this is going apart from Brooke Hogan who has her back turned. She can't hear what's going on because of the loud crowd who are booing like crazy at this stage. Devon sets the table up. He grabs Brooke Hogan as Bully Ray climbs up the second rope, sitting on the top rope. Brooke is screaming as Devon hoists her onto Bully's shoulders in a powerbomb position and Bully Ray power bombs Brooke Hogan, his wife, through a table. Just like old times. And Hulk Hogan, he hobbles out, getting ready to save his daughter from these two absolute bastards, but he's stopped as a circle of Aces and Ace members forms around him. He starts laying in shots to random Aces and Ace members, but the group is just too powerful for him. You know, too powerful for the 60-year-old man with two hip replacements and two knee replacements. They beat him up and leave him laying, Poor Brooke is motionless in the ring. Jeff Hardy, the former heavyweight champion, has been stretched out to the back. Bailey Ray and Devon look at each other and then they embrace. Devon grabs a microphone and he announces, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the newest member of A-Season 8, your champion, my brother, Bully Ray. And yeah, we're at the end of today's booking, but you can build just so much fucking more from here. So first off, Sting, remember him? Mm-hmm. He's going to come back and extract some revenge in Aces and Eights. Obviously Hulk Hogan ain't going to be too happy that Team 3D for powerbombing his daughter for a table. You know, he's going to want revenge and Brooke's going to want a divorce. Or will Brooke, you know, end up joining Aces and Eights too in a sick twist of events? You know, maybe she's been overly loyal to Bully Ray or maybe she just wants to see somebody kick, in, kick his head in after what he did to her. You know, you can go out every way with that. What if Hulk Hogan <laughs> joins Aces and Eights? He's like, hey, nice work on getting rid of my daughter, brother. Yeah, that, he's a third man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, I, I never liked her anyway. Nice work, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, maybe you could do that. Um, but I yeah, mean, you, that, yeah, that wouldn't be good. 
No, no, that'd be terrible. Um, but you can really kind of light the fire of Aces and Eights now with Billy Ray involved because at this stage you haven't revealed all these members that TNA had done by this point. So, by the way, by this point in real life, we knew that Billy Ray, Devon, Doc Gallows, Ken Anderson, Anderson, Nux, aka Mike Knox, Garrett Bischoff, Dilo Brown, and Taz were members of Aces and Eights. So that's eight people um, already in the time it took to tell the story. In this story, all we know is Bully and Devon. You know, there's so much room to build that mystique and you can do it for fucking ever. You know, you can slow burn it and only reveal the new members when it actually means something. Right. Um, it also means that half of Aces and Ace don't disappear after Bubba's title win because even if people do get released, they were masked. So, yes. fuck them. Like, no one knew anyway. So, you know, and by the way, like, just one more thing. Him being converted to become anti-TNA makes way more sense than him taking a few shots for the team. Um, you know, <laughs> right. All, all the times Aces and Aces beat him up when he was a babyface. You know, there's an actual solid reason behind it now. And Aces and Aces can only build from that. But anyway, that's my rebooking of Aces and Aces. I like it. One other, one thing I liked, whenever you were near the end, you like, any of them could be in the mask. Yeah. And I was like, what if this was like, like, what if, remember they took out Hogan and Sting? What if Sting did come back, but he was just under the mask in his mm. idiots, right? Because yeah. could, because then you're like, oh, he's not injured. And then when he takes the mask off, it's like, oh, it turns out he wasn't injured at all. He was just converted into the, into the group, you know, like yeah. there, there is a storyline you could do, you know? Yeah. What you've done, I feel like, is with with not revealing all the people, you know, keeping them all under mask and stuff. You've kind of streamlined this storyline to focus on like the main people we need to focus on, which again yes. was part of the problem with Aces and Eights and part of the problem with the NWO is that once you have eighteen people, like who gives a shit about number sixteen, right? Yeah. Just, it means that some of them are just there to make up numbers, and if some of them are just there to make up numbers, why not put them in masks like you did, like? Because yeah. it doesn't matter. They're just like henchmen, and they're disposable. It doesn't because they're not. They're the ones in between, you know, who have the good guys and the Dudley boys, right? Yeah, exactly. If, if you if you as TNA know that you're going to be releasing Dino Brown in two months, you know, why would you reveal him as a member of your group? You know, it doesn't make sense. You know, right. Luke Gallows as well, things like that. Like, you know, you know they're not going to last long in TNA. So why even bother unmasking them? You know, it doesn't, right. doesn't make sense. But if you put them on their masks and then. If like even then, if people get really, because you can tell who Luke Gallows is from a mile away, right? Yes, he's a big dude. Is. But if you put the mask on him, and then a couple of weeks later he's not there, it's just because it seems like it's a rotating group of like heavies, yeah. you know, just random people. So not like, the same people. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that again, you know, adds a bit of mystique and illusion to it. And then whenever you need to add more people to the group, big important guys like Ken Anderson, Anderson, if you wanted to, or like <laughs> some of the other. Then if you wanted to try to like build up somebody like fucking Garrett Bischoff or Wes Briscoe. If they if they really had to, you can mm. you can show one of them and then figure it out and yeah. and then just have the other one like on the other side, right? You, yeah. That shit can work. But you need to use the the talent you have, such as the Dudley Boys, in in a creative way in order to be able to lift up these young people, right? That's yes. part of it. Um because otherwise you're just random people in a group and who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. And it's exactly. the same with, again, it's the hell all these people, but if the only people doing shit are like the same three people, you know, mm -hmm. Bully Ray and Mr. Anderson, Anderson, then, and, and, and Devon, then like nobody really gives a shit yeah. about the other ones. 
<laughs> Dudley. <laughs> Dudley. Dudley. Like, with the NWO, like, who really give a shit about the stuff that wasn't Hogan, Nash, and Hall, right? And exactly. Like, Dude, but like, fucking exactly. Yeah, exactly. That That is the point. Like, who gives like, a fucking shit about, I hate to say it again, but who gives a shit about McDox? <laughs> when right. you've got fucking, like, um, Bully Ray running roughshod, like, you've got fucking Ken Anderson in the group, like, big, charismatic dudes, you know? And, like, no one's going to care what Luke Gallows is doing, you know? That's no, just how it because- is, you know? Because they're not being used in that storyline. Bubba Ray was the, the heavyweight champion, and Devon was like the Legends champion or some bullshit like that. Yes, he was television champion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like that—that that means they are two of the important people in the storyline, so it makes sense yeah. for them to be unmasked because that's the gimmick. But if you keep masks on some of the other ones, then that means whenever the time calls for it, you can unmask them, and then bam, start a new storyline. You know? Yeah. Exactly. It sounds so simple. <laughs> yeah but you wonder why they didn't think of it yeah exactly but that's why we're here my friend that is why we're here we're here to reboot wrestling and um you know make make it a little bit more kind of tolerable and hopefully that storyline did do that um i had yeah. a good time writing that one so i tell you what uh, else one real quick point i wanted to say the brooke hogan bit most mm. people would be like why'd you put brooke hogan in it right but <laughs> i think because you're a smart man and we're put, constantly putting you over bryce you know this mm. but like, what are the Dudley boys well known for? Putting people yeah. through tables, especially yeah. women, right? Yeah. So what you did was you actually, like, you built it up. Because let's be fair, in the Attitude Era, whenever the Dudley boys would put women through tables, it looked great. Mm. But it was all to just like, here's a woman, here's a table, here's the Dudley <laughs> boys, right? There was never yeah. a storyline for it. But you've actually, because we know the history of the Dudley boys, and they have a history of doing this, you see Brooke Hogan there. Once you see the Dudley boys together, once Steve-On pulls that table out, like that has actual build to it. There's a reason why her going through the table means something. Yeah, exactly. They didn't, it's not they just didn't, a random woman for a random table. Yeah. If if Brooke Hogan just turned up one day for the first time at TNA and then the Dudley Boys put her through a table, yeah, nobody, right? It would look great, but also would nobody the would. Yeah. Be, they'd forget about it three weeks later, because like because you can't you can't tell what episode of Raw this shit happened on. You know, you yeah. can't tell me what episode of Raw they put Lita through a table. You have no idea, but you just remember that it happened, right? Yeah. So it's gonna be. It could have been one of those things, but instead, you like actually had a purpose for it, the way that you're supposed to do in a proper storyline. Yeah, wrestling, right? Yes, right. Yeah. This is what we're saying. Just keep it, keep it simple, and just keep it consistent. And then there you go. You know. And that's it. Like it could have been um, Aces and Aces story. It could have been good. Like to be. To TNA's credit, they they did a slow burn story, which mm. you don't see often in wrestling these days. Like especially in like WWE, a, a storyline will last like fucking two weeks. You fucking saw Eva Marie and fucking uh, Dewdrop and Rock a couple weeks ago. Like they're breaking up already. Like, I couldn't I believe that so, after um, like fucking like just uh, just turning up. They've already just turned up and yeah. <laughs> and they're already spitting them up. I'm like, what on earth? Exactly. <laughs> so that. That's a whole we could do hours on that, but like <laughs> that's a whole Christ. other thing. But like, yeah. it's a slow burn story. They, they, the, the swerve was good by Bully Ray, and uh, Bully Ray fucking killed it in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just um, kind of unfortunate series of events led to the end of the group. So, um, which I don't think would have happened if they kept it simple. But you know, yeah. that's that's kind of um, less is more kind of thing when it comes to storylines like this. So, um, exactly. but anyway, should we um, you know, and by by the way, like, another thing as well, I know um. I know I've done a Dudley book in this season already, but I, I don't think I could write Aces and Eights without kind of two integral parts of the story. So um, yeah. this is a double Dudley season for me. <laughs> but anyway, so fucking like that 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 was like that was good fun. So that was 
If you want to play a little game of kayfabe tombola, my friends. I think that's perfect. That's a great idea. Let's All do right. It. Let's play kayfabe tombola, baby. See, you're doing it with the babies again. You're so confident. So, so cool. So cool. Yeah. That's exude coolness, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's what they say. Kayfabe Tombola, the game where one of the making kayfabe posts talks complete shite for 60 seconds, but the mm-hmm. people love it. But before we do go into Kayfabe Tombola, if you enjoy the season 8 story, want a good way to say cheers while getting yourself some more making kayfabe in the process, we do have a Patreon page. If you sign up at patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe for as low as £5, you'll get access to six unique, original and exclusive rebookings that only patrons get. And hey, you'll be one of the reasons that Dylan and I can actually afford to do this show. So, you know, we'll, we put this on for free, folks. We fucking love doing it. But there sure is running costs, let me tell you. So, you know, if you're in a position to do so, then you can totally join us over at patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. We'd love to see you there at patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. Anyway. Damn. Damn. Woo. Damn, baby. Anyway. <laughs> kayfabe fucking tombola. Every week, one of our listeners submits four wrestlers randomly numbered one to four and four scenarios randomly lettered A to D. Dylan here is going to give me a number letter combination like a 4A or a 2D and then he'll have 60 seconds to spin the best storyline ever with the assigned scenario. Today's Kayfabe Tombola submission comes from our dude, Tom Williams, at TomWilliams1990 on Twitter. Tom has been one of our listeners for a very long time and by all rights, he's a very badass guy. So cheers, Tom. We appreciate you, man. Thank you. Dylan, can you give me your, your finest number letter combination? Yes, I can. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the classic Shakespeare, mm. the old t- the two B, the two B or not to be. Yeah, but it is two B. Oh, it says two B, but not two B. If you get me. But that's the question. Four A. No, but seriously though, two B. Two B. Okay, you can get two. Um, uh, so two two B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good because the, the the letter definitely matters here. I promise you. Um, oh. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't lie to you, Dylan, fucking hell. No, um, you've never lied to me, not once. Not once, not about keeping your, your, your singing part in the show earlier on. No, I didn't, not, 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 about, that, not, no. not about having access to my bank account details. You were very nope. up there. I mean, you seem legit, so here you go. You um, yes, exactly. I, I trustworthy. Yeah. Yes, 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 exactly. So do I know who you could have had? Yes, please. You could have had Viscera. Oh. <laughs> you didn't get him. Oh, what a shame. You could have had Gangrel. Oh, hello. You didn't get him. Hmm. You could have had Vince McMahon. Oh. You didn't get him. Uh-huh. You know who did get? Tell me. You got The Undertaker. Wow. Mm. So quite, a, was... quite a collection of wrestlers right there. <laughs> yeah, some of the best. Yeah. <laughs> and Vince McMahon. And and <laughs> Undertaker. Well, um, we, say, we say that, but then Vince McMahon, former ECW champion. Fucking for, former ECW champion. King of the Ring. Although oh, he won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he won the Royal Rumble. Like, legit, is one of my favorite matches of all time. So, you know, he's something of a wrestler. He's clearly better than the Viscera. Yeah. No. Oh, wait a minute. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Slow would, down there, Dylan. Let's I would, not get ahead of ourselves. I would here. see yeah. Viscera winning. Viscera tried to win. Let's not be unreasonable here, yeah. <laughs> Viscera tried to win the ECW Championship. He couldn't do it. Vince McMahon, no problem. We'll discuss anyway. this later. 
Yes, uh, I'm sure we will. He's gonna, <laughs> Bryce, Bryce, is gonna, Bryce is gonna beat me after the show. Like, don't, <laughs> don't ever badmouth the fist. Fucking do that. I'll kill you. <laughs> All right, so you put two B. You could have had the Undertaker is tasked with creating a team of Power Rangers. <laughs> what? You didn't okay. get that. Right. You could have had the Undertaker is tasked with creating a team of Power Rangers. Oh no. You could have had you see where this is going, right? This isn't fair. This isn't a real tumble. No 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 no. <laughs> it, 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 Tom did say, like, um, you know, if you wanted me to change it up then he, t- he totally could. But you know, he, he really wants to hear, you know, about uh, Power Rangers. So you know. <laughs> well, you know, some people really love Power Rangers and I would hate to disappoint them. So. <laughs> Why don't you tell me the third thing I didn't get? Well you didn't get um is tasked with creating a team of Power Rangers. Uh, okay, so what did I get? Well, what you did get is actually going to be a surprise to you, man, because, like, this is what I don't think you're going to see coming, but okay. you actually got The Undertaker Yes. is tasked with creating a team uh-huh. of... Yes. You can't think of Oops. something else, can you? <laughs> you know when your mind just goes like totally yeah. fucking bike. Right? Yes. <laughs> I've got to think of something funny. Right? That has happened to me so many times in the show where it's like it's like an open goal. I'm like, all I have to do is just kick the ball, and then like See your whole anything else, yeah. Yeah, and your whole mind goes blank. You're like, oh no, this is the worst possible time this could have happened. You know. Um, so the Undertaker makes his own team of Power Rangers. Yes. So he's he's Zordon. Yes, he's Zordon. Exactly. Yeah. This is, yeah. I know all the Power Rangers lingo. Yeah, there you go. More than He-Man, right? Oh, don't even get me started in He-Man. Who was your favorite? <laughs> what was your favorite series of Power Rangers? Oh, dude, I wasn't a Power Rangers kid. I wasn't. Oh, cool. Don't worry about it then. <laughs> <laughs> you can just make anything up now. Like, I know it's yeah. Zordon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, well then, Clippy Corpse, all the aliens come over, and then, you know, I can just... Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, Oh, thank you for not knowing anything about Power Rangers, Bryce. You (laughs) made this. Tom was was telling me about... He went to an indie show in the early 2000s, and, like, the main baby face was a guy in a Power Rangers costume. And, like, yeah, Tom's, like, he says he's a massive Power Rangers fan, and he was Uh was chanting Power Rangers shit at him, which pissed the guy off, apparently, but he couldn't show it because he's a baby face. So, yeah, I I wish I was at that show. I don't want to. If this guy's a big Power Rangers fan, I don't want to disappoint him too much. But I mean, you know what? Fuck it. I've disappointed everybody else with their suggestions, so I may as well disappoint this guy. Why not just continue the trend? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Just keep continue to disappoint people. It's what I'm good at, Bryce. You know this. You've been doing it for years. Yeah. Exactly. Not just in making kefi, but oh god, no! I've been doing this for free for fucking. Well, it's still free, I suppose. So never mind. (laughs) (laughs) The show is free. Anyway, fuck it. So, 60 seconds, Dylan. Can you tell me all about how The Undertaker is being tasked with creating a team of Power Rangers? Yes. All right. Well, I've got one minute on the clock, so I'm going to count you down in three, two, one. Power that Ranger, baby. All right. So, obviously, everybody knows Undertaker's got his urn uh, with the Paul Bearer holes, and CM Punk once kept in his fridge. People are like, what's in the urn? It's got smoky stuff in it. And Undertaker's like, I'll never tell. But one day he does tell. He's like, I need to make Paringers. So, in the urn is like the little Paringer stones that turn. You have to put the stones into the, the belt buckle, and that's what makes you into a Paringer, right? 
So they're in his urn, and then he's like, I need to make porringers, and we need to put these stones into the belts, aka the resting belts, and then that way, whoever the champions are, I'll give them the stones, and put them in the belts, then they become my mighty porringers, but I gotta make sure they're worthy of such an existence. So I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll test him. So he, he, he picks Kian as one of the porringers, because I don't have to test Kian, he tried to kill me, he's obviously pretty good. Hmm. And then um, he gives one of them to, we need a girl, he gives one of them to, um, uh, Michelle McCool, because she's like, you know what? I think, you know what, kid? I think you got the goods. I think you're a pretty good wrestler, and that's the only reason I'm giving you this. So here you go. And he gives Michelle McCool one of the stones. And then, uh-oh. And when he gives away two of the stones. <laughs> <laughs> and as Bryce knows, there are only two Power Rangers, and therefore, I have completed the <laughs> task. Even I know there's more than two Power Rangers. God so. damn it. They're all, different they're all different colors, right? They're fucking black yeah, and pink Keen's, and green. Yeah, the red one. Right, okay. And Michelle Koo um, was the pink one, I imagine. She's the pink one, because she's the girl. Who's um, green? Green one is RVD. Right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Got it. Got uh, it. Black uh, one is Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods, right, okay. Because he loves Power Rangers. Yeah. He actually has cosplayed as the Black Ranger. I'm 100% sure of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, nice. That's cool. Um, um, and then the Yellow. Yellow? Uh, Who's yellow? Who, who is the yellow? Well, the yellow was a girl in the TV show. So do we need another girl? I guess we need another girl. Michelle McCool again. <laughs> She's two Power Rangers. She's so good that she gets two of them. Because <laughs> I don't I remember how many women's belts there were at whatever time period this takes place in. So we'll just give Michelle McCool two Power Stones. Weird uh, that Undertaker would give Michelle McCool two of those Power Stones. Uh, she hmm. must really like her. I don't know what's up there. I don't know. She's something going on there. Yeah, I, I like how you, um, you're like, uh, Undertaker is like, uh, I'll never tell what's in my urn. And then and the then next sentence is like, so what do you tell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Such, such, such build. <laughs> right. I didn't need, if I didn't say that, I could have had more time to talk about Michelle McCool. That's true. Right? But hey, we got there. We I think we did some justice. Yeah, coming I, that, up that with... wasn't bad. I enjoyed that actually. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Tom will appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom Moyes, thanks for that, man. Uh, you, you rock, dude. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. If you want to submit your K15 bolas, please do. You know, we're running low. We need a few more to end off the season. So, you know, if you want your, your Tombola featured in this season, get in touch ASAP on at Making Kfabe on Twitter or Instagram or email us at makingkfabe at gmo.com. All right, that was season four, episode nine of Making Kayfabe. That's us got our first ever TNA booking out the way and I enjoyed that hugely. This was really fun to write and you know what? You listening, you right there sitting at work or on the bus or on the train or making food, I don't know. We appreciate you, bro. We really appreciate you for checking out our stuff. It's honestly our pleasure bringing you these shows. Thank you for listening big time. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Making Kayfabe. And once again, we're on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Making Kayfabe where you can get fucking hours and hours of exclusive Making Kayfabe content for the price of a pint. If that's not your jam, please leave us a cheeky five-star review on your podcast app of choice. More reviews means more listeners, means more people checking out our show, meaning more chance of us meeting our dream of world domination. Dylan's back with the 10th episode of season 4 next week and uh, oh, fucking hell season 4 is almost over Jesus three episodes to go after this it's um, wild isn't it you're talking about the season yeah. like we're on episode 9 I'm like oh my goodness we're flying yeah. through it yeah flying through it time flies it really does mm. um, 
Speaking of the next episode, have you got any teases next week for the lovely listeners of the show? Uh, who might be talking about next week? Well, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but next week, my friend, mm. you know, uh, gonna keep a lot of things kind of, you know, close to my chest, mm. you know, under my under my jacket. Um, but let's just say, I'm a real. Uh, I think, I mean, I'm a man with a plan. Let's put it that way. You know, <laughs> this could be the. Biggest making cake episode ever. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, think of that what you will, folks. Uh, we'll get a little game up on the Twitter on Wednesday and Tuesday night, even. So, you know, so you can get your guesses in. But I, that's I think it. You're going to be able to guess it. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not the zombie episode. We'll never guess. <laughs> it's the zombie miss again. Yeah, <laughs> swerve. <laughs> Because what does he do after that? He has to keep... Like, what's he going to do in 2025? Well, I'll tell you. Well, yeah, exactly. It's part two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it, anyway, folks. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Aces and 8s could have been great. We'll see you all next week for another episode of Making Kayfabe. Take care. Go straight to fucking Mars. And always be Kayfabe, my dudes. Goodbye. Baby. Bam. He got, he got one more baby in there. See that? So cool. So cool. Yeah. So cool. <laughs>